Parashas Vayikra describes to us all the different kinds of korbanos that we can bring. The Parashas begins with a carbon ayla, which was an animal, and then the Parashas tells us about a carbon ayla sa'if, bringing an ayla from a bird, and afterwards the Torah tells us about the Parashas Hamincha, bringing an offering of flour. When the Torah tells us about the Oyer about the bird offering, so the Torah tells us that when the bird was burnt in the Mizbeach, unlike the animals which were skinned before the meat was put in the Mizbeach, the bird was burnt with all its feathers still attached. And even though, as Chazal pointed out and it's brought in Rashi, the smell of burning feathers is very off-putting, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted the Eidah Sa'if to be burnt together with its feathers. Why? Because a bird is a very small animal. And once it had been feathered, what's left of the bird is very, it's a very small body. And therefore, it would look very insignificant when it's thrown into the fire. And therefore, so that the person who brought a bird as a carbon should feel that his sacrifice was more substantial, the Torah says, burn the bird together with its feathers. Why? Because we assume the person is burning, bringing a carbon of a bird is somebody who can't afford an animal. So we're talking about an ani. And therefore to be makshiv, to give more importance to the carbon of the ani, the Torah tells us to burn the bird while with its feathers still attached. And I have a question. I want to ask you. The next pasuk in the parasha tells us about the carbon mincha. The carbon mincha begins with the words nefesh kitakriv. If a nefesh brings a mincha. That's an unusual expression. In the rest of the parasha we talk about a person bringing a carbon. The term used is adam kitakriv. When a man brings a carbon. And therefore, Chazal and the Gemara Menachas point out, why is it different over here? That the Lashon is changed from a person to a nefesh. And the Gemara says, because me darkoi lahakriv mincha. Who's going to bring a mincha? We're talking about a person who can't afford to bring an animal. We're talking about an oni. And therefore, when it comes to an oni bringing a mincha, the Torah says, I consider it as if he was makrif his nefesh. And what was the mincha? One brought a measure of flour and oil, and the coin took a handful, a koimetz, the amount of flour he could fit into three fingers, and that's what he threw into the fire. The rest was eaten by the coin. And our boys say, I have a question. Two questions. Firstly, if when we're referring to the carbon of the poor person, the Torah chooses to use the word nefesh as opposed to Adam, so why doesn't the Torah use that term as well when we're talking about the carbon of the bird? It was also the carbon of an onion. Secondly, if the Torah wants to make 
the carbon brought by the poor person more significant. And that's why by the birds, we don't just burn the flesh of the bird, we burn the feathers too. So what about by the mincha? We're just burning a handful. Why don't we, with the, why don't we throw the whole mincha into the fire? Burn more of the flowers. It look like more, that's something more substantial has been put in the mizbech. Why just one kaimitz? That's the first question. The second question I want to ask on the Korbanus is from the Nevoah of Malachi. Malachi was a Novi at the beginning of the period of the second Vesemikdash. And Malachi took issue with the way that the Jewish people were bringing Korbanus. And in the first parak of Malachi, he gives them Musa. And he says to them <coughs> that Hashem complains about the fact that you're saying that the, that the table of Hashem in Al-Mizbah is Megoyalho, it's something, so to speak, demeaning. And Kayashal said, what did we do wrong? Where did we consider the Mizbah to be demeaning? And Malachi says, because when you had a sick animal, or an animal which couldn't work, Kayashal were farmers, it was an agricultural uh, economy. And people needed strong animals to pull the plow. And therefore, a cow which was strong and worked, that used to work. But when there was an old animal, a weak animal, a sick animal, who wasn't able to pull the plow, the Jewish people thought, let's bring it as a carbon. We're not talking about a balmum, something which the person is not allowed to bring as a carbon. But we're talking about something which was unable to work. And therefore, what are we meant to do with an animal which can't work? So, either it would be used, like the Gemara says, to shecht and be used to provide meat. Or, in the time of Malachi, let's bring it as a carbon. And that's what Malachi finds objectionable. He says, you took the sick and the weak animals, the ones which weren't able to work, and that's what you choose to bring as a carbon. And if we think about it a bit, what was so wrong about the Jewish people's thinking? Does it make it a less good carbon because the animal can't work? As a big cow, as a, something which was a lot of meat, it would still was. And it was brought in the Mizbech, it would still satisfy all the requirements of a carbon. And so yes, yeah, so what if it wasn't something which was a good work animal? Why does it make a second rate as a carbon? Just like in later times when the Gemara says that if a person that animals couldn't work, they would use it for meat. It wasn't second quality meat. There's nothing wrong with it. There was nothing sick about the animal. It just wasn't able to work. So if such an animal is used for a carbon, what's so bad about that? That's the second question. The third question I want to ask you, and with that, Be'ez Hashem will start the answer, isn't related directly to the Korbanus. It's a more general question which relates to all the mitzvahs we do. We know that there's a rule, and that is, when it comes to Hidr mitzvah, a person has the option to buy something to do a mitzvah with, or he could buy a different item, which is more pricey, more expensive, 
but it's a more beautiful option, and you're more beautiful clean to do the mitzvah with. For example, a person could find matzahs for 100 shekels, they could find more mahur than matzahs for more than that. A person can find the esrog for, or set of aluminium for 200 shekels, but they're more mahur sets, more beautiful sets as well. And the Gemara Baba Kaman Daftes asks, how much should a person invest in Hira Mitzvah? How much does a person have to provide, to pay above the price for the minimum mitzvah that you could be Yetzir with to ensure that he'll be doing a more beautiful mitzvah? And the Gemara gives a share of Shlish. I have to pay a third of the value. So therefore, if I could find a kosher esrog for a hundred shekels and a more mahudar esrog, a more beautiful esrog for two hundred shekels, which is double the price, that I don't have to pay. But if it would be a shlish more, it would be a third more, so it would be, let's say, 120 or 130 shekels, so then I would be required to pay that much extra to, to do the mitzvah in a more beautiful fashion. And yet, when the Gemara talks about how much does a person have to pay to do a mitzvah in the first place? In other words, if it's a question of how much of my money do I have to spend to do a mitzvah? Before we get to the Hidur. Here, the Gemara doesn't give us an absolute amount. Here the Gemara makes it personal. And the Gemara says that to do a mitzvah say, to fulfill a positive commandment, to buy the Ezrog, to find the matzah, a person has to spend a chaymish bin A person has to spend a fifth of his, of his net worth. Now that's subjective. For one person that could amount to many hundreds of thousands of dollars. For another person it could be a few shekels. And the question I want to know is why when it comes to Hidur Mitzvah, how much a person has to pay extra? Is it something which is the same across the board? It's a third more than the minimum price of what one could do the Mitzvah with. Whereas when it comes to the amount that a person has to spend to do the Mitzvah in the first place, it depends on the person. There isn't one amount. There isn't a, a set figure. It's completely subjective and can range tremendously. What's the difference between the two? So I'd like to share with you, you said, a principle. And by the with that, we can answer these questions and perhaps other questions as well. Let's start with an economic principle. And that is, what gives something its value? When we're looking at something, and we're trying to assess how valuable it is, what's the factor which, which will set a price to determine value? So normally, in the free market, the value is how much someone's willing to pay to get it, to buy it. That becomes its value. And therefore, the more a person needs this object, the more he's prepared to pay for it. So if it's something which is a, a nice extra, but it's not that important to me, I wouldn't be prepared to pay that much. Something which I don't need at all, I wouldn't be prepared to pay anything. Something which I need and uh, I can't do without, I'll be willing to pay much, much more. In other words, normally in the world, what sets the price is how much are people prepared to pay to get it. How valuable is it to the person receiving it, to the person who's buying it? 
But when it comes to Karbanas, when it comes to Ruchnis, when it comes to Mitzvahs, that obviously isn't a factor. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need what we're giving him. Not the Mitzvahs, not the Karbanas, not the animals, not the birds, and not the Mincha. And if that's the case, to say from Hashem's point of view how valuable it is, that doesn't make a difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us many times, the world is His and everything in it, He doesn't need us to give Him anything. So if you're talking about spiritual matters, where the value isn't determined by Hashem, of how much He needs it, because He doesn't, so what other parameters do we have for deciding how valuable something is? So there are two possible other options which there could be to be to, to determine value. The one is how valuable it is for the person who's giving it. In other words, the more for the the person who's giving, the person who's selling, the more valuable it is to them. So that sets a certain scale of value of what they, or how much they how important it was to them what they're giving something for how much they want to hold on to it and therefore it's the value dependent on the giver how important it is to him what he's doing and there's a second option also and that is the more important something is to me the more effort I'm going to put into doing it and therefore I can determine value in relation to the amount of effort a person will expend to do it. Now if that's the case, so like we said, when it comes to a mitzvah, we can't value the mitzvah by how important it is to Hashem because Hashem doesn't need the mitzvahs. And if that's the case, we're going to look at the first factor first, and that is how valuable a mitzvah is in terms of how important it was for the person who was doing it. For him, how much was he giving up? How much of a sacrifice was it? And if that's the case, let's go to our last question first. The amount a person has to spend on a mitzvah is what value does a person have to give to a mitzvah? A fifth of his, of his what he owns, a fifth of his possessions. Because to set a, give, give a certain amount is meaningless. For one person, that price might be unattainable. For another, somebody else, it's, it's changed. It's no, there's no significance. And therefore, if Chazal are going to set a share for how much a person must be willing to pay to do a mitzvah, how valuable the mitzvah should be to a person, Chazal set a share, 20% of everything you own. And that will depend from person to person how much that's going to be. But, on the other hand, that sets a value from the point of view of the giver. And that's an important principle because the value that one gives to the mitzvah is how important that mitzvah is, Vayne Hashem. And this brings us to the criticism that Malachi had of the Jewish people. And that is, it's true the animal you bring for a carbon technically is a kosher carbon, it's not a balmum. You could bring it on the mizbech. But the way you're bringing it is because I can't use this to work. So it's a useless animal. I have nothing to do with it. Let's bring it as a carbon. You've devalued your own carbon. You've said that carbonus is something which is meaningless, something which is something to belittle, something to look down on. 
And if that's the case, you've destroyed the value of the carbon. Instead of being something of hashiva, something of importance, something which I'm willing to give up something which is special to me to bring a carbon, you've made the carbon out of something which is this useless animal. What can I do with it? Let's bring it as a carbon. So you've downgraded your own mitzvah. How much value does such a carbon have? The value you gave it. This is a useless animal. It's a useless carbon. And that's why Malachi's Malachi's Musa to the Jewish people his rebuke wasn't that you're doing something awesome but you're destroying the covet which is due to the Mizbech. You've devalued the Mitzvah. And if we understand this aside, which is a big principle so I understood a story which Rashi brings in Sanhedrin of Memdara Ramud Bes. And the, the story there is that there were two people who died at the same time. One was a big tzaddik, and the other was a tax collector, a big Russian. And being as they died at the same time, so both funerals left the city simultaneously to be, for the two people to be brought to the basic verse. Except the coffin of the tzaddik was followed by a huge throng of his Talmudim and people who respected him and admired him. And the coffin of the tax collector, the Russia, was accompanied by maybe a handful of his family members. The story is brought down. They're on their way to the, on to the, from the city to the Basak forest. There were marauders, maybe highwaymen, who tried to steal from all the people who were participating in both Levias. So everybody dropped the coffins and ran for shelter. And when the danger passed, they even regathered to continue the Levi. Except, they made a mistake. And they mixed up which coffin was which. And therefore, the huge throng accompanied the coffin of the Rasha, whereas the Tzadik was buried in the company of a few close family members of the Rasha and no one else. Chazal bring the story that there was one Talmud of the Tzadik Ureras, which has happened. And he could find no peace. Why was it that this Russia deserved such a respectable funeral? And why was it that his mentor, the Tzadik, was buried in such disgrace? And Chazal say that eventually the Tzadik who had died appeared to him in the dream. And he said, you shouldn't have any questions. I'm sitting in Ganadin and being rewarded with the spiritual pleasure, whereas that taxi of the Russia is deep, deep in Gehenna. Okay, but why was it that when you were buried in such a disrespectful fashion and why did he deserve the tremendous honor he got in the funeral? So that's how he complained in the dream. He said, because I did one avera in my life and that's what I was being punished for and he did one mitzvah. What was that avera that Tzadik did? He said, one time I heard somebody disparaging a Talmud Chacham and I didn't stand up for that Talmud Chacham's honor. So I was punished that I wasn't given the honor due me either. And what schus did this Russia have to be given such a chashav funeral? So the Tzadik said, one time this Russia prepared a meal for the Sarair, for the mayor of the city, for the other Roman dignitaries. He wanted to impress them. He made a very elaborate meal. And they never showed up. 
So the stacks are going to throw what, all this food that I prepared for these nobility that never came. What am I going to do? Throw it in the garbage? No, I'll give it to the poor people. So he gave all the food he prepared to Anim. That was his one schos. And that's why he deserved this covered by his funeral. Well, our purpose is that's the part of the story we're interested in. But I have a question. And that is, Sadak is a tremendous mitzvah. And if this person gave a large quantity of food to poor people, that's a big schus. Why was all the Russia got for it that he had a chashachash of a levaya? Tzedakah can do much more than that. Tzedakah can save a person from death. Like we know the past success. But the answer is the principle we brought before. And that is, the value of a mitzvah is based on the person doing the mitzvah. And therefore, how did this Russia's tax collector do Tzedakah? Because, wow, you know, I see how much the Anim need money. I'm willing to spend my money to share with them. I'm willing to give of myself. No. The time he gave Tzedakah was, all this food is going in the garbage. What a waste. I may as well give it to Anim. So what you basically said is something I have nothing to do with. Something which would otherwise be thrown into the garbage, that's what I'm prepared to give the Anim. So what's the value of that mitzvah? They save you taking it to the garbage. And maybe that's the reward he got. Kilo, a person who's dead has to be buried. So you have to get covered. Tough. You're being buried anyway. People will follow you to the cover. What could have been a much greater mitzvah was devalued by the fact that the person doing the mitzvah thought, for me, this is meaningless. For me, I'm not giving something valuable to stock. I'm giving things that are thrown away otherwise. What's it worth? That's the one point. And the other point which we said, how much value a mitzvah has, depends on the effort a person puts into doing it. A mitzvah which a person does, with, puts an effort to do it well, to do it properly, that shows how important it is to him. A mitzvah that a person does because the mitzvah presented itself and wasn't expecting too much from me. So, alright, if you make it that easy, I'll do it. Well, again, it doesn't show much value for the mitzvah. And if you understand this principle, then I'd like to come back to our parsha. I'd like to suggest an explanation. And that is, it's true that whether both the carbon of the bird and the carbon of the mincha of the flower often will be brought by an ani. But there's a difference between the two. Because for the ani to bring a flower offering, this is his food. He doesn't have extra. And if he's going to bring his flowering, flower offering on the Mizbech, so it means I'm going to go hungry and I'm going to miss a meal to bring, uh, to bring this Mincha to Hashem. How valuable is that to Hashem? How valuable was it to the person? I'm willing to forego a meal to bring a carbon that shows tremendous value. It might just be flour. But for the person giving this was something significant that he gave. And that's what the Torah says about it. The carbon oni is as important by any Hashem as the carbon ashi. For him, the sacrifice in giving his flower was no different to the sacrifice of an osher in giving his prize bull. You can say even more than that. 
If it's secretary, the Ani went hungry because he brought the Minchat to Hashem. So like we say in the Tefillah, that today when we have no Karbanus and a person fasts, then it should be that the Miyot Chilbeinu V'domeinu, the lack or the loss of the blood in the person because he hasn't eaten, should be considered like a Karban. A Karban Mincha, as opposed to the other Karbanus of animals with the blood sprinkled on the Mizbech, a Karban Mincha has no blood. But it's the Venefesh Kitakrif. It's the nefesh of the Oni who's bringing the carbon and depriving himself of that food. It could be the mute of his blood is considered like the blood of the carbon. That's the value of the carbon. And if that's the case, it doesn't have to be made something big. It could be very small. It could be a handful of flour. But Hashem says, Amachshiv that like the biggest carbon in the world. For the person giving it, it was a tremendous value. Whereas when it comes to the carbon of the bird, so what's mashed in the Gemara and Yuma, a poor person will bring a bird. But not because he has big flocks of birds like people have herds of cattle. He'd have to go catch the bird. The Torah and the Bnei Yona are wild birds. They'd have to go catch the bird to bring us a carbon. And if that's the case, it's not just like I have a whole flock of sheep, I'll pull out one and bring it to his back. I have to put in effort. I have to, make, I have to work hard to bring this carbon. Here it's not sacrificing something that I had and I'm going to miss having because I never had it in the first place. I had to go catch it. But here the Torah is machshiv the effort. That's so why the Torah doesn't say nefesh about the bird. It wasn't how much he gave it from his own. But it's the effort in going to catch a bird. And on that the Torah says we want to be machshiv that effort. We want to look like he did something significant. And that's why I throw the bird into the fire with all the feathers still attached. It should look like that the effort was significant. And that's the Yisrael Bakar Bonus. The value of a carbon Ba'ini Hashem isn't how much he needs it because he doesn't. It's either how much effort a person brought into bringing, put into bringing it or how much of a sacrifice it was on the, person, on the part of the person who gave it. And this is Yisrael Bakar Bonus, it's the Yisrael Ba'ul Mitzvah. The value of a mitzvah isn't from how much Hashem needs it, because He doesn't. The value of a mitzvah is either the effort that a person puts into doing the mitzvah, or the sacrifice. How much a person gives up by doing the mitzvah. We could use many mitzvahs as an example for this. But if we're standing a few days before Pesach, I think Pesach is the best example. Because a few mitzvahs which require as much work as Pesach, whether it's the work of cleaning the house or the work of kashering the kitchens or the work of baking the matzahs. And we should know when we put in all that work that the effort we put into a mitzvah is valuable. The more effort means shows Hashem how much for us it's an important mitzvah. That's the first part. But Midinah Torah is the second part to Pesach too. And that is Tashpisul. There's a mitzvah to destroy all the comments in your possession. For, for some people, that could be a significant sacrifice. For a person who has stores of grains or of alcohols which are chomets, so obviously, barring the later on hats of selling things to a guy, as far as the Torah is concerned, when a person has to destroy all the chomets in his possession, that could entail a real sacrifice. And once again, that's what makes the mitzvah greater. 
how much it's giving up from the point of view of the person doing the mitzvah. How much effort it requires for the person who's, who's going to put that effort in, that's what makes the mitzvah more valuable. And one last example, now that it's been as many. How valuable is our Torah? So when you learn during his mind, because anyway when you're shivan, there's nothing else to do. Okay? It might be easier. It might take less sacrifice. But when it's harder to learn, a person has to put more effort into learning, or a person has to give up other things in order to learn, it's the effort and it's the sacrifice which makes the Torah more valuable. And then once again, the value of the mitzvah Hashem is the value that the person gives it. Whether it's how much it was meant for the person to give this up to the mitzvah with it, or how much effort he put into doing it. That's what shows the chashivas. Both by the korbanas and by all mitzvahs we do. And on that the Gemara says again in Menachas, Echad echad Whether a person brings a small carbon or a big carbon, for him, it's the fifth of his nechasim. For him, it's a significant amount to give. And therefore, it's nechshed the same way by Nehashem.